So guys, I'm in Luke chapter 12, and we're going to read 1 through 12, and I really wanted to teach 1 through 12, but as I went through it this week, I found there were five different themes just in 12 verses, and I thought that was probably a little too much to handle. So we're going to, we're going to kind of cut that in half. I'm going to give you three today, and we'll focus on two next week. But we, we are indeed going to read I'm all of the Scripture together. So I'm in Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 1, and it says, Meanwhile, when a crowd... Uh, of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the ear uh, in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after killing of the body, has the power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I tell you, whoever acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man, will also acknowledge him before the angels of God. But he who disowns me before men will be disowned before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. When you are brought before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. There's a lot uh, in those 12 verses. Um, Again, we're just going to focus on a portion this morning, and we'll hit the second half next week. So we're going to focus on the first seven verses uh, this morning and, uh, and what we're going to find is it really tie in perfectly with our study last week. So last week, if you were here, if you listened online, you remember that Jesus um, was invited over to a Pharisee's house. And uh, that, that's happened on many occasions. So Jesus accepts the invitation. He goes over. We don't know if it was lunch or dinner or whatever it was, but it was a big deal. And Jesus gets there. And, of course, the Pharisees and scribes immediately begin this ceremonial hand washing. And so Jesus accepts the invitation. But when he shows up, he chooses not to participate in the grand ceremony of, of, of the hand washing. Remember, it had nothing to do with hygiene. This was another way that the Pharisees kind of said, hey, look, we're holy. Uh, we're holier than everybody else. We're better than everybody else um, because they, they did it solely because they had been out in the world contacting sinners, and it was a symbolic way to wash away the dirt and grime of the world. And so Jesus chooses not to participate in that um, symbolism, and the Pharisee that invites him is, is kind of disappointed in the fact that he's not joining in and he doesn't wash his hands. And so Jesus, uh, sensing the man's disappointment in him, figures, you know what, that's a good good opportunity. Let me share some disappointments I have with you uh, and with your people, okay? And so he begins to talk about the things that he's disappointed with in the Pharisees and the scribes. And, and really his focus has to do with the fact that they're so concerned about the outside of their lives. They're co- so concerned about what others can see. They're so concerned about the outside that they've neglected um, their hearts and, and their very souls. And he says, it's the inside you guys need to worry about because you guys are full of greed and and, and, um, and discontent and, and wickedness. And so uh, 
that, that's kind of the focus. And, and so now where we find ourselves is now a, a large crowd is gathered around Jesus. And, and, and Jesus is going to speak to his disciples first. So some ministry is going to happen. But before it happens, he wants to talk just to his disciples. And the very first thing he says to him is, listen, I want you to look out. I want you to be on guard. And I want you to be on guard against the yeast of those Pharisees. Okay, and, and the yeast of the Pharisees is hypocrisy. Again, it's, it's worrying about the outside of the dish while neglecting the inside of the dish. And you could see some reasons maybe Jesus is going to do that, right? If his disciples, there's thousands of people are here, and there's 12 guys that he hangs out with, they're going to go out, and they're going to kind of be little rock stars in the, in the group. I mean, it, it's very natural tendency to go out and try to act like they have it all together. And Jesus says, now listen, We're about to do some ministry. I want you to be ready and I want you to be on guard. Don't be like them. Don't fall for that trap. Don't get puffed up with that with that thing called hypocrisy. Don't let that affect you. You just go out and you be the fishermen and the tax collectors that I called. Okay? You just go out and you be who I called to follow me. All right? That's a big deal. And so there's three things I want to point out in, in this discourse that he has for just his disciples because I think those three things speak to us. And here's the first thing. And I, I think it's strange. I'm going to be honest. This is, I, I think Jesus could have gone a lot of ways with this teaching. But, but he, this is what he teaches his disciples. Kind of different. Uh, hypocrisy, first, first point I want you to see. Hypocrisy is a waste of time and energy because God sees all and will make all things known. Okay, hypocrisy is a waste of time and energy because God sees all and he'll make all things known. And so verse 1 through 3, it says, Meanwhile, a crowd is gathering, many of thousands have gathered, so that they're trampling on one another. Jesus begins to speak to his disciples, uh, first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, and there's nothing hidden that will not be made known. What you said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you've whispered in the ear, uh, in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. And so um, we, we talked about this a little bit last week when we talked about hypocrisy. That's how these two texts tie together for Luke. Um, and I shared this quote with you, and I want to share it again, because I, I just think it speaks to the heart of this text. Um, Rick Warren, and, and you've got to know, I, I typically don't turn to Rick Warren to pull all of my theology, but in this case, he really nailed it, okay? And I, 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 don't, I, I like Rick Warren, I, I don't, I, you know, but typically, you know, you're, I'm going to hear from Timothy Keller, you know, he's the hot theologian today. We want to, let's quote Timothy Keller or or D.A. Carson or somebody like that. But, but man, Rick just knocks it out of the park on this. He says, our biggest hurdle to holiness is our desire to look good, right? He says, um, once we get over that, we're free from a huge roadblock that stands between us and where God wants us to be. Um, if you're serious about changing the deepest, darkest defects in your life, you have to overcome the fear of being honest, He says, we waste an enormous amount of energy trying to cover up our sins, our hurts, our hang-ups, and our defects. If you spend as much time being honest about what's not right in your life as you do covering it up, you'd have a lot more energy for what is right in your life. Wow. Wow. That's a grand slam. That's what that is. And I share that with you because, guys, that is the essence of what Jesus is saying here. He looks at his men, right? These are his men, the ones that he's called, right? And he looks at them and he says, listen, 
Be on your guard. Like, don't be like those guys. Don't be tempted to go out and act like you're something you're not. Don't be tempted to go out and put on a show like you've got it all together, like you have all the answers. Don't, don't be puffed up by this yeast of hypocrisy. And, and, and it's just interesting to me because there are so many things that Jesus could have said, so many reasons he, should, he, he could have given against hypocrisy that would have been like theological in nature, you know? I mean, he could have said something like, don't do that because, you know, hypocrisy is, is, is prideful at its heart, and God opposes the proud. That would have been a great theological teaching. Thank you, Jesus. He'd be like, well, later on, James is going to write about this after I'm gone, and he's going to say God opposes the proud, right? He's going to be quoting from the Old Testament. He, he could have done that. He, he could have said, no, you know, you know what? There, there's a reason that you should avoid hypocrisy, because at its heart, hypocrisy is a lie. That's what it is. It's a lie, right? And, and, and then he could have quoted it from Proverbs 6.19 that says, God hates a false witness. Jesus could have used this to teach a great theological lesson, but instead of teaching theology, he teaches practicality, which is great for people like us, right? He says, you know what? Let's just get to the bare bones of it. Do you know what hypocrisy is? It's an utter waste of your time. That's what it is. Like, it's, it's going to suck out all your time and energy effort. He just says it's a big waste of time. He says there is nothing concealed that's not going to be disclosed. There's, there's nothing um, hidden that's not going to be made known. You see, hypocrisy hinges on secrecy. That, 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 that's the whole point. Hypocrisy is about trying to hide something, trying to cover something up. In fact, the word hypocrite in Greek means actor on the stage. And if you've ever done anything on stage, what do you have to wear, Alan? I'm not talking about tights. Stage makeup. They cover you in stage makeup. Sometimes, not just stage makeup, but then you have to wear a mask. And that, that's, that's the term in the Greek. It was somebody that stood on stage and, and, and they, they covered up their true identity so that somebody would believe that they were something that they were not. That is the heart of hypocrisy. Friends, listen, hypocrisy is not um, the fact that we fail morally every once in a while in life. Like, like we gotta, we got to kick that definition out of church. You know, everybody says, well, the church is full of hypocrites. Hypocrisy doesn't mean that you fail morally. Hypocrisy means that when you fail, you try to cover it up. That's hypocrisy. To say that the church is full of sinners, we should proclaim that all day long. But if we come here and act like we're not, then we are hypocrites. So when somebody says, I don't go to church because the church is full of hypocrites, you should be able to say to them, well, not my church, because we come and we're all broken and messed up and we admit it. And they look at you like, what? Yeah, that's church, right? So let's talk about what hypocrisy really is. Hypocrisy is when we try to act, when we try to make up, when we try to cover up those mistakes because we care so much about what others think. And, and, and here's the problem with it. Here's the problem with it. All of that is about secrecy, right? It's about hiding, and here's the great problem. This is the bomb that Jesus drops in this text. Ready? Secrecy is a fallacy. That's what, that, that's what Jesus says here. There is no such thing as secrecy with God. There is nothing that you can hide from God. There is no amount of makeup that will cover up the condition of your heart with God. There is no mask big enough to cover up who you are with God. There is no such thing as secrecy with God. It's, it's a fallacy. God sees all. He knows everything, especially those things that are done in secret. And, and listen, according to this text, one day, all of those things are going to be made known. 
Whew, that's sobering, isn't it? One day, all of those things will be made known. Um, when I was a youth pastor, I, I, I taught uh, on dating. You had to teach on dating. You know, that's part of that youth culture. I taught on dating every year. Uh, love and sex and dating and different things. And, and, and one of the things I always taught, because uh, they're youth, and they want to know what the boundaries are. And, and so they would say, and, and these, a lot of them were really, really good kids, but they just want to know, like, well, what can I do with my boyfriend? That's a terrible question for the youth that are here. Like, don't ever, like, what, what, but they, want, they, re, they wanted to, what's acceptable? Like, what, what, what's acceptable? Like, hold hand, kissing, making out, heavy, petting? That, that does, that's not even a good term. Um, any boy mentions heavy petting near my daughter, and their dad is going to have to buy life insurance quick. Um, and, and so, listen, I, but, but, but honestly, they had these genuine questions. And so here was my guideline for, for all dating couples. I would just say to them, okay, here's, 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 here's the line. Ready? Um, you can do whatever you're comfortable doing in front of her father. That's the line. Okay, so if you're okay holding hands in front of her father, then you can hold hands at the movie theaters, right? And if you're okay putting your arm around her in front of her dad, if you're comfortable with that, then, then you can do that at the movie theater. If you're, if you're comfortable giving her a little peck on the cheek, then you can do that when you're dating. Now, are you guys comfortable making out in front of her dad? No. There you go. Well, I don't understand. Well, that doesn't make sense to me. Her dad's not always around. I said, yes, her dad is. Her heavenly Father sees all and knows all. Friends, that same principle applies to our lives. What are you comfortable doing in front of your Father? There are no secrets from God. We can try to hide things from one another, but God sees everything. We've got to stop acting like he doesn't. Does that make sense? Okay. So, so here's Jesus' point. I just think it's an interesting, like, I mean, leave it to Jesus. He comes at it from a completely different angle. He says, listen, hypocrisy is silly because you are wasting so much of your time and your energy and your effort. Your time on this earth is limited. If you spend your whole time doing something that isn't going to matter, how are you going to feel when it's all said and done? Listen, God sees all. He knows all. So stop wasting your try- time trying to cover it up. Okay? Secrecy is a fallacy. It's a lie. You cannot keep anything secret from God. So don't be a hypocrite. You got it? Make sense? I don't know about you. How many of you wish you had a few more hours in the day? Amen? Well, there you go. Stop hiding stuff. You got it. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. Okay. Number two. Number two. I want you to see this morning that we shouldn't be afraid of what others think about us or may do to us. Rather, we should live in reverent fear of God. Okay? We shouldn't be afraid of what others think about us or may do to us. We should live in reverent fear of God. Uh, verse 4 through 7, he says, I tell you, my friends, don't be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after killing the body, has the power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet not one of them is forgotten by God? Indeed, the very hairs on your head are numbered. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Uh, so Jesus says, don't be like them. You know, don't try to act like something um, that you're not. Basically, like, don't worry about what they think. Just, just be who, who I've made you to be, who I've called you to be. Uh, especially the Pharisees. Don't worry about what they think. And he says, in, in fact... Don't just not worry about what they think. Don't worry about what they can do to you either. You following that logic? 
Don't, don't even worry about what they can do. Don't, don't, don't worry about um, uh, trying to conform to them. Don't worry, even if they threaten to kill you. And, and, and the lesson is this. We shouldn't bend our behavior to peer pressure or physical threat, ever. We should never bend our behaviors to peer pressure or to physical um, threat. And he, he says, just make sure you focus on what's on the inside of the dish, on, on your soul, on the things of God, because those things are eternal. Listen, if somebody doesn't like you, if somebody um, is wrongly judging you, what does that matter? What does it matter? If, if somebody thinks that you're something that you're not, does that, does that affect your salvation at all? It, it, it doesn't, right? It, it, and let me ask you, what, what, if, what if they physically harm you? Because the way we live, I, I mean, not in these walls, the way we live outside these, we, like, we act like physical harm is the end of it all, don't we? I mean, gosh, that's what we're worried about the most. Jesus, listen, all they can do is kill you. That's it. Can I ask you a question? Are you Christian? Have you accepted Christ as your Savior and your Lord? Do you know all that that means? All that that encompasses? If somebody were to kill your body, so what? Have you heard the term resurrection body? <laughs> it's newer. It's better. I don't know, it's got some cool qualities. I, I'm, I'm thinking, I, I'm, you know, I, I don't know about the whole walking through walls thing, but I'm going to be taller, darker, and handsomer, I promise. It's going to be awesome. Teeth forever white. Drink as much coffee as you want. No stains there. If somebody doesn't like us, if, if somebody wants to hurt us, if somebody um, wants to judge us, that, that's okay. Because the amount of power that any, any person can have over you is limited to your flesh. See that? It's limited to your... That's all they can do. The worst that somebody can do is kill you. That's that. that. That's where their power stops. But you know what? God's power, because God is spirit, it's eternal. It's eternal. And Jesus' point is that there's nothing that somebody can do to you to affect that is which eternal in you. So, so instead of worrying, living your life, worrying about what they think or what they can do to you, right? I'm speaking to you, American Christians. I love you. Stop living in fear of people, of, of what they think about you or what they could do to you. Instead, live in fear, in a reverent fear of the God that, that reigns over you eternal circumstance. And that, that's for Christians, too. You say, well, I'm, I'm Christian. I'm going to heaven. Yeah, but what will your rewards be? Should we have a whole discourse on rewards in heaven? You know there are rewards in heaven, right? That's what we're supposed to be storing up treasure there. Jesus reigns over that. He oversees that, right? So don't live your life in fear of people. Live your life in a reverent fear of God. And some may say, well, Pastor, I, I hear that term, but what does reverence mean? Uh, I'll, I'll give you a quote I found this week. I thought it was good. He, Leon Morris says, reverence is an attitude um, compounded of a recognition, uh, recognition of the greatness, like the, all, the, the powerfulness, uh, and the righteousness of God. So God is fully powerful. He's, he's also, he also demands holiness, right? All-powerful God demands holiness. Um, and, uh, that's on one hand, and our readiness to sin on the other. Feel that tension? So God is holy, and he's all-powerful, and we're his children, but we are prone to wander. And there's, there's, there's some tension there. I, I like to say it this way. Um, I think reverence is a fear that keeps us from being spiritually flat-footed. Okay? 
I think reverence is a fear that keeps us from being spiritually flat-footed because, because we know ourselves, we know we're prone um, to wander, and we know that God is holy and that he's all-powerful. Um, and, and so because we know our weaknesses, um, we, we, we have to remain on our toes and on our guard at all times. Does that make sense? Um, I, I coach soccer, I'm 10 and uh, 12 year, I think we're U12 now or whatever, and I'll be honest, so we're playing this really competitive soccer, and, and our team's not like all the other competitive teams, okay? We get our butts kicked a lot. Um, we, we won about half the games, though. It wasn't bad. But we figured out pretty early on, some of the kids, we didn't have, like, the most um, athletic tryout ever. Um, we could have had some more people show up. Next time, we'll have a bigger tryout. So our, our defenders are a little slow. I'm just going to say that, okay? And, so, and they know they're slow, and they work hard, bless their heart. They're, they're bigger kids, so they can use their body. Uh, but you've got to make up for some things. And so, But because we're a little slow, and we're playing select teams, that they've got these, these guys playing, and they, they are flying they're flying so um so for our kids one of the things you know I, I had to really stress for them is you can't play on your heels you have to know yourself okay so you guys are slower than they are they're faster than you and and if you and if, if you're flat-footed if you're caught flat-footed you're toast right and and so we taught them how to take angles and things like that but you know the thing that really changed their game the most is we taught them how to play on their toes so, so instead of sitting back like this all the time, they're always ready to move. They're always, right? And, and that's what reverence is. Reverence helps me understand who I am, my, my spiritual slowness, okay? Like, like spiritually, I, I, I don't press towards holiness. Spiritually, I don't run towards godliness. I, I, I just don't. And, and so I have to be on guard. I've got to be on my toes and spiritually aware all the time. And that's what, for me, reverence is, is this understanding of how powerful God is, of the fact that he calls me into great holiness. And so instead of resting in, in, in my sin nature, I choose to be ready to stand and to fight and, and because I want to please him. I want to please him. That's, that's the attitude in which we live our lives. Okay, So we shouldn't be afraid of what others think about us or might do to us. We, we need to live instead in a reverent fear of God, which just leads kind of to the third um, theme uh, this morning. And I want to share this with you, okay? Um, you are more important to God than you could ever imagine. You are more important to God than you could ever uh, imagine, um, Verse 6 and 7 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So the first theme, hypocrisy. The second theme, fear. Uh, The third theme, value. Value. Can I ask you an honest question? You don't have to raise. Don't raise your hand, okay? I mean, we're in church. We wouldn't want to be honest. Um, Don't raise your hand. Don't let anybody see your weakness, okay? Uh, have, have, have any of you here ever wondered if you're really important to God, if God cares about you? Anybody ever thought that thought in my heart? I, I just, I wonder if God really cares. Like some of us have, right? You, you've, you've been there. Listen, if, if you've ever struggled with that concept, then this, this verse, these verses are for you, Okay? Because what he says here, what Jesus says here is, listen, God doesn't even forget about the most insignificant things on earth. And it's kind of interesting. You almost can't see the whole story here because Luke says, man, listen, aren't five sparrows sold for two pennies? And yet God sees all of them. But, But then you go read Matthew, and you know what Matthew says? He says there's a different price for sparrows. You got two sparrows for one penny. But if you put up two pennies, you get one free. And yet God 
doesn't escape his sight. Even that free, insignificant sparrow he notices. You catch that? And here's the deal. Sparrows, by the way, were like the cheapest form of meat for the poorest people on earth. And God is saying, listen, if, if, uh, if I see that, if that matters to me, the most insignificant meal for the poorest people on earth, hits the ground, if that matters, how much more do you matter to me? How, how much more do you matter to me? Listen, I, I care about you so much. My eye is on you in such a way. If, if you wonder, do I care about you? Do, do, do I really know what's going on? I could tell you right now how many hairs are on your head right now. Even though for some it's fewer than it was yesterday. God says, I, I am so intent about my love for you as my children. I care about you so much that I know the minutest details of your life that you don't even recognize. That's how much I love you. And friends, Jesus is proof of this love. Jesus is proof of, of, of the love of this God that says, listen, I, I know everything about you. Jesus is proof that God values us. There is nothing in life that we can ever experience that God will not know and see. He sees you because he cares about you. He knows you. You matter to him. You have great value to him. You're not forgotten by him. You are not too gone, too far gone for him. And you are definitely not junk. Because God doesn't make junk. You matter and you have value. So what do we do with those truths? How might we incorporate them into our lives? Listen, you could take this message and, and you come up with your own application. That's great. Uh, but I'm going to give you some challenges. It's our application section. I want to challenge you. And here's the first challenge I want to lay out before you. I want to challenge you to stop hiding. Okay? First, first challenge has to do with um, that yeast of the Pharisees. And I, I just want to challenge you um, to be honest about what's not right in your life with somebody. That's the first step. It's always with one other person. Right? It's not like open mic and everybody comes up and just... And then, you know, the very first step, um, I, I think, first it's being honest with God, right? God, this is an issue. I'm struggling with this. I need some help. And then, and then you be honest with one person in your life, okay? And, 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 and that's the very first step is to say, listen, I've got a problem. I have a sin problem and I don't like it about me. And, and I, I just want you to know I'm not perfect. We all have people in our lives that look up to us in some level. And, and um, that's one of the things I try to do with my boys on a regular basis. They'll look at dad, but you have all the answers. No, I don't. I don't have any of the answers. And, and, and I please, please hear me. I hope you don't think that I'm trying to act like I do. We're along for this ride, for this journey that God has. on. So I, I just, I, I want to challenge you. Be honest about what's not right in your life. And I know that that's scary. But listen to me. It is going to save you a huge amount of time and energy and effort that God can use for his kingdom if you'll just stop trying to hide your mistakes and your failures. Instead, here's the posture. Ready? It's a posture of confession, Right? That's who we should be, especially when we come here. We don't come here as people that have all the answers. We should be able to come here and be comfortable going, uh, I didn't kill it this week. Did anybody else? Because you guys can come teach. That's fine. Right? It's this posture, and it's not false humility. It's this understanding of who God is. He's holy. He's all-powerful. And I'm prone to wander. 
okay? And when I do, it's silly to try to act like I don't. Rather, I'd rather go before people and go, you know what? There were a couple times this week. There were more than a couple. Phew, lost my temper here. I struggled with my, my, my I, you know, at one point, I had to, I had just, I'm walking through the grocery store and I just had to look at my feet. Because people can't dress appropriately. No, I'm just joking. That's at Walmart. That is not at HEB. Everybody knows that. Um, there's a whole website for it, people, okay? It's a whole website. Um, what I'm trying to say to you is we've got to stop trying to cover up our shortcomings. We're going to have a lot more time. So, so number one, stop hiding. Number two, I, I, want to, I really want to try to challenge you to focus on the Father, right? So, so the second theme had to do with fear. And, and that fear is tied with hypocrisy. Um, it, it, we have this desire to please others. We also live in fear of what others can do to us. And so I, I want to challenge you instead, because here's the problem with hypocrisy. Hypocrisy happens because our focus is in two wrong places. First of all, it happens because our focus is on us, okay? And, 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 and it's selfishness. Hypocrisy comes out of selfishness because that's where all sin comes from, right? And so the first problem is we, ha- we don't want the things of God, right? I mean, we, we want to be gods ourselves. This is Genesis chapter 3. This is what all happens. We want to be gods ourselves. We want to be in control of our lives. We want to call the shots. That's called sin because we don't want to submit to God's authority who says, I know what's best. I have what's best. So, so we selfishly say, I want to do it. So what happens, though, after we sin is we're worried about what everybody else is going to think of us because that's our second place of focus is upon people. And so we immediately, like Adam and Eve, do what? Hide. Hide. That's what we do. We spend all our time trying to cover ourselves up, trying to cover up our mistakes. That is an enormous amount of time and energy and effort. And, and so here's, here's the key, right? One, we're going to stop hiding things, right? But two, we're going to put our focus where it belongs. What other people on this earth think about you is insignificant. That's coming from somebody with a personality type that wants everybody to love them. I had to a long time ago get to a point that I realized what other people think about me doesn't matter no matter what my personality type says. I want you to, I'm going to challenge you. Live for one audience. God alone. Just live for that one audience and see if that doesn't radically transform your life. I mean, honestly... Can you think about how different your life would be if you did not care what anyone else thought at all? You just cared about what God... Now, don't be that person. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to go... You've got to care about what God thinks, okay? We're caring at one audience, but we're going to focus just on what God thinks. So I, I, I just want to challenge you. It will change your life. And then the, here's the last point. I, I, I want to challenge you uh, to accept God's love for you. God's love for you is infinitely more than you can ever imagine. Infinitely. So I, I just, this morning, I want, I want to challenge you, just receive that love. And, and many of us are Christians, we think that we, we received it, and we think it's a one-time reception. Like, well, I, I received it when I asked Jesus. You, I, you kind of receive God's love every day. Like, like, usually multiple times a day. You need to receive that love and that forgiveness. And so I want to challenge you to do that this morning. So we're going to do that this way. I'm going to ask Alan to come very quickly, and I'm going to pray. And, um, and, and I, I just want to, I want to call you into a couple things this morning as we respond unto the Lord. Father, you are good, and your mercy endures forever, and you're better than we deserve. And, um, and, and Father, I just, I'm so thankful for your word and the ability to talk about it freely. I'm, I'm so thankful for, for the opportunity to talk about what hypocrisy is and what it's not. Hypocrisy is not about when we make mistakes. We all make mistakes. 
Hypocrisy is when we're so worried about what others think that we spend all of our time and energy and effort trying to cover up those mistakes and look perfect. What a waste of time. God help us. God help us. That's only going to come when we, when we shift our focus away from others, away from self and on to you. We need that. And God, for some of us this morning, part of that, as we do that, what we're really going to need to receive is a huge helping of your love. Huge helping of your grace because we feel like failures. We feel like junk, but we're not. We're not. And so, uh, Father, I just, uh, I pray. I ask these things. I ask that you'd work here in, in the next couple minutes. In your name I pray. Amen.